Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in here on the program. It's only been a couple days since our last uh, two-part series that we did. Um, Angels, sandals, and deliverance. And what we did, if you have not watched that yet, is we talked about um, Acts chapter 12 and how there are many similarities that are found equally in Exodus chapter 12. Um, I was doing just a a casual reading, if you will, of the middle of the book of Acts, and I started it started following this pattern in my mind of, you know what, this kind of sounds like the Passover account. Um, and so I started just pulling over to examine that for, uh, for a while, for hours. And what I found uh, was very interesting, and it culminated, of course, with a personal challenge to us um, to to ready ourselves and be prepared and natural and, and supernatural and the, the, the spiritual and the natural coinciding together and running parallel in our lives and uh, hopefully leading us to a place of preparation for what? For our deliverance to come. And so go, go check that out. I would encourage you to if you have not yet. You can always find us at pathdesign.com um, if you are looking for audio-only episodes. A lot of people listen to it um, while they work. Um, of course, you can find us on Facebook as well under Path to Zion. And if you would like to email us, you can do so at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk to us, uh, ask a question, we find, I'm always saying continually, we're hearing from people who just feel very isolated and, and alone and just looking for some camaraderie um, that we all need. We need one another. We spoke to that point a couple epi- episodes ago um, with the account of... Uh, Peter and the Ethiopian, or Philip and the Ethiopian. I was thinking of Peter and Cornelius, but th- those are very synonymous to me about the the need of intersection in our lives, of, of, of Yahweh leads one man here and one man here, and, and, and sometimes um, they beautifully intersect uh, for the benefit of both parties. And so, uh, yes, we, we need one another. And I hope you know that, friend, that, that we are... We are to be rightly dependent upon one another, and that's okay. Uh, that is the way that, that Father orchestrated the body to function as he intended. Now today, um, I'll give a little bit of uh, preface, preface into what we're going to talk about and why. Um, as you see in the title, I'm sure, some wisdom from Matthew chapter 24. Um, and in a, in a very small nutshell... I continue to just be very concerned about the condition of the body of Messiah um, as a whole. And, and I realize that the church, as most people reference it, is, is quite complex. There are a lot of uh, components and facets and types, if you will, of, of beliefs and the way we live accordingly. Um, I understand that. Um, I've been through many uh, different streams myself. Um, but that being said, just the... The overreaching um, uh, view um, and assessment of the of the body of Messiah as a whole just really concerns me. Um, first, first and foremost, just our maturity level and just kind of where we operate uh, very, very shallow in many ways. Um, but most importantly, I, I just continually feel this conviction for me to speak to the point of our our willingness to do what is necessary to be a holy, consecrated, set-apart people. Um, you know that is a redundant issue here on the program that is always brought up. 
um, because I feel like that's part of my purpose is to call us as a, as a whole um, into a wholly consecrated, set-apart life. Um, using the Word of God the best I know how to continually point us to be a sober-minded, alert, and um, <laughs> maturing people. Uh, to, to please Elohim and to glorify Him and magnify Him and to make His ways known among, among the nations by being a people who are distinct and different. And we have been told how to do that in many ways. Um, the, the problem isn't that we've not been shown. It's, it's really the implementation. We're ignorant in many ways, myself included, but mostly we just don't apply what has already been presented to us to walk in and according to. And so in the last few days, and man, it really happened to me today, um, I just really found myself as I, as I uh, was, was taking in some, some, I won't get into all the details, but I basically had uh, some time this morning where I watched um, a very popular um, preacher um, who has millions of followers, and he posted a new video that was basically... I would just call it heretical and, and basically saying in summary that Jesus was a prophet who was bound to Old Testament law and thereby couldn't speak. Um, in other words, Jesus's teachings weren't New Testament um, instruction because Jesus was in the Old Testament and in the old covenant and because he this is complex and it takes some explaining but because he preceded his own death burial resurrection in acts chapter 2 pentecost he couldn't rightly teach and ex exemplify a new testament believer and so this 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 poor preacher man he he was just going through this this horrible doctrine of of bondage to the Old Testament law and was saying just kind of on a, in a really skewed vantage point in, in, in presentation of how Jesus himself, Yeshua, the son of the most high, was in bondage to the law. And thereby when he said things like, if you love me, keep my commandments, he was only speaking of what he knew about, which was the Old Testament law and bondage. And friend, I'm just telling you, you could scroll through hundreds, if not thousands of comments of, hey, man, this is so freeing. I don't have to tithe anymore. I don't have to, I don't have to live any lifestyle of any works. I'm free in Jesus. Grace, 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 freedom, 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 law of liberty, law of liberty, law of liberty. This is Paul's gospel. And friend, I just have a caution towards these, these teachings like, it, it, is there in any way, and then we'll get to the heart of today, is there in any way a Pauline gospel and then another? I mean, is, is there a Pauline gospel that he possessed and created and delivered? No. I mean, that's foolishness to present that. That's compartmentalizing the entire word of Elohim and throwing out the law and the prophets and everything, Yeshua, our Messiah, the teacher of all teachers, everything that he told us would have to be eradicated. Throw out the Psalms, throw out 
all the wonderful prophecies of Isaiah and, and, and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. I mean, ah, I, don't, I don't understand it yet. Thousands of people. This had thousands upon thousands of views in no time of people saying, I'm finally, the light came on, Pastor. I'm free. So to that point, some wisdom from Matthew chapter 24. I just want to submit in humility is for consideration. We're going to read some of the text, and basically we're going to do, I picked out several words that I felt like Holy Spirit illuminated to me to discuss um, and do a bit of a word study to uh, extract some, some uh, broader understanding towards this chapter in measure. Okay? So Yeshua is coming out from the temple. And he was going away when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. And, and he, he says, don't you see all these things? This is all going to be torn down. Um, he, then he's sitting on the Mount of Olives. And this, the disciples come to him privately. Okay, It's just this exchange with he and his followers. Um, and he's saying, they're, they're asking him, of course, these questions. Because they didn't understand, much like we wouldn't. Oh, Rabbi, when will these things take place? Um, what's going to be the sign of your coming? What's the sign of the end of the age? And Yeshua answered. We talked about this recently. Um, he, he didn't answer their question with an answer to their question. Instead, he says, see to it that no one misleads you or, or, or deceives you. Make sure no one deceives you. Like all that, don't worry about all that. I have that fully in my capable hands. What you need to worry about is not the when. Uh, or even the how of everything. But instead, make sure no one deceives you. And, and to understand this word rightly, in the Greek, of course, is to, to lead away from truth and thereby to lead one into error and sin. And first mention of, of this word deceives um, here in Matthew 24 is first found in Matthew 18, 12. And Yeshua is speaking here as well. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And so this deceiving is, or, or misleading is the same as this word wander. Okay, so see to it that no one takes you to a place that is away from my teaching and my way and, and my constant pointing to the Father. Look to the Father. Look to the Father. His ways are perfect. I don't have any new ideas. I'm not here to implement a new religion. I'm saying continue to walk this way that I'm walking, perfectly pleasing my Father by adhering to every command He's ever given. Yeshua, of course, the only uh, human example to ever do that. And so... Again, to answer the question, he doesn't really answer the question. He responds, of course, but his answer is not to their question specifically, but instead he says what's more important is, look, the most important thing, friend, is don't be misled. Don't be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I'm Messiah, and will mislead many. Same thing. They will deceive, lead into error and sin, and lead away from truth, and cause many to wander, okay, to leave. You're going to hear of rumors of wars, nation rising against nation, just a lot of just um, 
happenstances and events of the, the end of the age, famines, earthquakes. Um, but all these things are only the beginning of the birth pangs, the beginning of the beginning. Um, and you will be hated by all nations on account of my name, after he tells them they're going to be delivered uh, to tribulation. They're going to be killed even. And, and this hated here is you will just be detested. You will be despised. Um, he was despised and rejected, and we're told in countless areas of the word of Elohim that, that we who walk in his likeness and image will have the same, same trials put upon us as, as he himself found in his life here on earth. Um, now, now, this word hated, detested, is also found in Matthew um, in 10.22. And you will be hated by all. Why? Because of my name. But the one who endures to the end shall be saved. Okay, so there's a connection here of, of this being detested and reviled for those who, who follow and, and adhere to all that the name, the capital N name, Yeshua Salvation. All that he embodied in his ne- was in his name, Yeshua. The prophecies say Yeshua, Yahweh's salvation. And he knew who he was. And anyone who walked according to him in his name, in, his, in the name and the power and the authority that came along with it, we're told, would be hated and reviled. Now, if we continue on... Um, there's going to be many, in verse 10, that will fall away, and they will deliver up one another and hate one another. Brother against brother, we know this. But verse 11 says, And many false prophets will rise and will mislead many. And here we are again with the mislead. They will be the one. They are deceivers. They are ones who will lead others astray into error and sin and away from truth. Those things are synonymous. As we are drawn away from truth, we, we will gravitate towards sin and error because they cannot coincide. You can't have both um, possessing the same place and space in us. There, is, there are lies and there are truth, and they can't really be intermingled. Um, that gets a little complicated. I don't want to be misunderstood. But as we are drawn away from the truth we will subtly and slowly be drawn into error and sin, away from truth. And this is a warning of, of, of individuals that will be doing this to the many. They will be misleading many and, and ca- causing them to come out of truth and move away. Um, first mention of this false prophet is in Matthew as well, in chapter 7, verse 15. And this is, I like this verbiage, this is, when you tell someone these two words, you're trying to get their attention. You're trying to arrest their, their attention towards a matter. Watch out for false prophets. Okay, watch out. It's, it's aggressive. It's be alert, be aware, be on the lookout. Watch out for false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Grapes aren't gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles, are they? Even so, every good tree produces good fruit, but the rotten tree produces bad fruit. Now, without going into this and spending a lot of time here, we have to know what good fruit is. We have to know what good fruit is, and we have to know what bad fruit is. (laughs) That sounds very elementary, but it's very important, because if we are to use fruit inspection 
to determine whether one is true or false in regards to prophecy, you've got to know what good fruit is. You've got to know what bad fruit is. That's of utmost importance, as, as simple and juvenile as that is. And you will recognize them by their fruit. And I said this earlier today um, when thinking about this and just sharing it with other people. is If, if you are to examine fruit on a tree, and, and let, let's, let's say you're here at uh, our property. We have 10 acres here. And let's say that you go uh, to the furthest point of my property here and and you are looking back towards me and beside me are five trees, apple, pear, cherry, um, peach, and fig. <laughs> okay, and, and from across our property, which isn't massive, but it's far enough, okay, if you can see these trees, tell me from your vantage point what each fruit is on the tree. Tell me which tree is which by the fruit that you see, that you can make out from your location. And to make this point and give us some illustration, you can't. You can't. And the problem is thousands of people, maybe more, are allowing these false prophets to speak into their life from a distant vantage point because they don't know them personally. They never will know them personally. They don't know how they raise their children. They don't know how they treat their wives. They don't know the, the, they don't know them. Okay. So thereby, what I'm saying is there's no way to examine the fruit of their life. There's no way to look upon them and know, I mean, know that these men are speaking the word of Elohim or their own words. So I would just put that in your thinking cap towards if, if you're someone who, who, who listens regularly to prophets speaking the word of Elohim, word of the Lord. Is, oh, the word of the Lord is coming. There's so many of those right now. There is such a, an increase of that all about the, the body of Messiah. Um, and the most dangerous, I have to mention, the most dangerous is this patriotic uh, evangelical American uh, nationalism-driven uh, prophecy that is just all over the place. It's on news channels. They have videos that come out almost every day about the latest, you know, oracle of God that they received in the night through another, yet another dream um, about how God's going to overturn the Democratic Party again. And I mean, friends, please, I'm just telling you, I could go on and I could get upset about it, but I'm not going to. It's too late tonight for me to do that. Um <laughs> But be, be cautious. Listen to the Word of God, not me. Examine the fruit of these individuals' lives. But the problem is, in most cases, you can't. You can't. You won't know. <laughs> it's a good warning to us, I believe. And the most important part of this that uh, I want to bring out in Matthew chapter 24 is the false prophets are going to come. They're going to mislead many. They're going to deceive many and lead them astray, lead them out and away from truth. And in verse 12 of Matthew 24, Yeshua says, And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Okay, now let's look at these two things. One is lawlessness and one is grow cold. Um, and, and this is going to be very brief today. On purpose. Um, in the Greek, this word uh, wickedness or lawlessness is anomia. 
Um, and this is a very good definition. I do want to park here for just a moment because I like the way this is worded. It is ig- one who is ignorant of or rebellious to law. Okay? Ignorant of one category or rebellious to law. All right? The two camps of what, what the word of Elohim says is wickedness or lawlessness, okay? It is transgression, iniquity. It is equal to rebellion, iniquity, transgression, rebelling against the law or being ignorant to it. And so because of this, because of this lawlessness is increasing here as we go towards the end of the age, most people's love, most, not a few, not even many, but but every pretty much every translation that I could find, and even those were still heavy towards this, were most as opposed to many. Majority of people, their love will grow cold. First mention here, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. We know this, uh, uh, this scripture. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me, Yeshua says, on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name? Didn't we perform miracles in your name? Okay, like this seems like a guy who, all right, quick assessment. That guy is going to be what? A a good and faithful servant, right? Well, we have to have some different criteria here. Because Yeshua says in verse 23, Then I will declare to them something very, very hard. I never knew you. I never intimately dwelled with you in covenant relationship. I was never covenantally joined with you because this knew you without getting into it. And I remember even teaching this back in youth group days 20 years ago when I knew nothing. I never knew you intimately like a man knows his wife. I was never intimate with you. Covenant is intimacy. Covenant is intimacy, right? And and I have to say this and we'll continue with the text. This wickedness and lawlessness and and using this this, um, definition of ignorant of or rebellious to law is very good and applicable for, for us to have some illustration here. It's very simple. Whether or, Okay, so I'm driving through town, and I come up on a, a school zone. And in the school zone, there is, of course, a posted um, speed limit. 30 miles per hour. Now, let's say I literally, in all honesty, I don't know that that is there. I don't know the speed limit. I'm not giving thought to it. I'm not being rebellious. I'm not being uh, a lawless one, deliberately. But I'm going 55 through that. Am I transgressing the law in my ignorance? Of course, our children could understand this. Or, I know it's 30. I don't care. I'm going through at 55. I don't care. Both... Both, both examples are transgressors. (laughs) Both are lawless 
rebellers against, either ignorant of or rebellious to a law that is intact. Okay? We who are in covenant, new covenant now for us, of course, we have covenantally joined to say, Father, your ways are right. And I yield to them and I give the rest of my days to come out from my ignorance towards your law. Because now, in Messiah, I've been born again, regenerated. I'm no longer my own. It's His righteousness. It's His gift to me of mercy and grace and patience and kindness. And even even the invitation itself to come in to be part of Yahweh's people. It's a gift. But my response is now... Empowered by Holy Spirit through the blood of Yeshua, now I'm a new creation, empowered and enabled to learn my Father's laws and to keep them. That's the Ezekiel prophecy. Now that the Torah has been moved from stone, tablets of stone, to hearts of flesh, now you can be people who please the Father because because now you've been enabled, you've been empowered. It's a beautiful thing I love to just redundantly talk about. And so Yeshua, I would like to say, he's saying, I never covenantally knew you. We were never covenantally joined. And therefore, this is the harshness. Get away from me. We're not in covenant. Get away from me. You're workers of lawlessness, iniquity, wickedness. Okay, it's very severe lawlessness. Moving on. Grow cold. And we'll bring this to an end here in just a minute. Because lawlessness, this this wickedness and transgression, is increased. As we move towards the end of the age, Yeshua told his disciples and tells us now, most people's love will grow cold. And this is very simple. It is only in the Newer Testament one time that I can find. And it's just waning. It's waning. Um, if Surely we know this, but for the sake of being thorough, when something is waning, it is, it is, it's dissipating. It's disappearing. It, I, I, I like to think of uh, the lesser light, the moon. It's, it's waxing and it's waning. And, and there is a time when it is disappearing from view. And that is what we're warned here is going to be happening as, as lawlessness is increased on the, on the earth. Now, again, there's only one New Testament use of this word that I could find. Um, but I like to, to, of course, bounce back and forth to the Hebrew and Greek and find connections and follow those the best I know how. And there seems to be a connection to the Hebrew word that speaks of being spread out as with grain. Um, and I really like this imagery. I'm very imaginative, so it's easy for me, but I'll try my best to explain it, is... Let's talk about grain. When when grain is spread out on a tray and placed in the sun, it and, and as it dries, the the life that's within it, the the moisture, the the life of a fruit or a vegetable that would be cut and laid out to dry, is is being extracted from it. It's being removed, and it's becoming void of liquid, void of life. It's drying up. Okay, it is it's waning, it's changing. 
And, and in the Hebrew, the best I can understand, and I, I have no problem saying I could be wrong, um, but the word study that I was doing, I believe, lends to that being true, that if we are growing cold, it is as if we are being laid out to dry and we're just, we're just, we're losing our vitality. We're losing the very life that makes us who we are. And that is a warning to us because lawlessness is increased. The love of humanity will begin to dry up and wane. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Messiah Yeshua will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Okay? Factual. And, and I would say, hands down, done deal. We live in this, we live in, in one of the pinnacles of this issue in our age. Um I feel like, from my vantage point, everywhere I look, I see deception. Um, and I see it here, too. I mean, when I say everywhere, I mean in the mirror. I see places in me, and I see the body at large just so distracted and deceived. And, and to go back to our point at the very beginning, being le- just sometimes very subtly and slowly just led away. If we If we use like a sheep and a shepherd analogy... A sheep who is not watching his shepherd, it may not be deliberately like busting a fence and rebellion and running off to go wherever he wants. He may just be with his head down grazing and he goes over the hill and over the hill and over the hill, just not tending to his eyes being on the shepherd. And next thing you know, it's been an hour. It's been a day. It's been a week. And oh my gosh, I've taken my eyes off of the shepherd. That's what I'm proposing. That's what I'm saying. Um, I believe I see very predominant in the body of Messiah. We're very, very, very spiritually immature um, because we're just distracted and deceived. Not always blatantly either, friend. Isn't that how deception comes? How many times in our own life have we had a revelation and... and um, repentance and just deep places of emptying ourselves saying father i really like a son like a son to his father in the natural i didn't even realize what i was doing and like meaning that i didn't even know i was so full of deceit towards a matter um this should be the rest of our lives like father thank you for opening my eyes and receiving me back. I didn't even know. I never saw it, which is what deception is. So to the Second Timothy chapter 3, these men are going around, evil men, imposters, deceiving and being deceived. So, so what in this letter were these people told to do? And what are we to do now? Well, what do we do about it? Well, it goes on. You, however, okay, so, okay, so there's... There's, there's these evil men, there's imposters, and they're getting horribly bad. And they're deceiving, and they're deceiving, and they're deceiving, and they're being deceived. Okay, but then there's this division. But you, we see that, I love that, especially in the Newer Testament letters. But you, however, continue in what you have learned and what you have become convinced of. For you know from whom you have learned. 
And most importantly, this one here, it's underlined. And that from childhood, you have known the scriptures, the sacred writings that are able to make you wise, leading to salvation through trusting in Messiah, Yeshua. And this is just a tiny little snapshot into things we see in Timothy um, and in Titus and in James towards the beautiful counsel of Torah and the, the capital S scriptures. That these individuals, friend, in the first and second century and a little into the third, friend, they understood something we have not been handed. They had what I call the fullness. I think I mentioned that in the last um, episodes that we recorded. They had a little snapshot of what I call the fullness of the gospel. Torah, feast, Sabbath, Yeshua Messiah, Acts 2, Pentecost, it all just happened. And they were just embarking into the fullness before it began to deteriorate. And what? <laughs> People were deceived. People were led astray by false prophets speaking false words and leading others into error and sin. And thereby, because of calling them out from Yahweh's perfect Torah and law, they became lawless, and we have been on that downward trend trajectory ever since. Ever since. So again, to bring this to an end, um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, From childhood you have known the scriptures, the sacred writings, that are able to make you wise, leading to salvation through trusting in Messiah Yeshua, all Scripture is inspired by Elohim and useful for teaching, for reproof, for restoration, for training in righteousness, so that the person belonging to Elohim may be capable, fully equipped for every good deed. So friends, be cautious and be careful in this hour to who you listen to, what you watch, and what you ingest that is even coming through a channel, and I don't mean a YouTube channel, a, a individual that on the surface might look like, well, he's quoting a lot of Bible verses, and he's talking about a lot of good things that sound real good. Friend, be careful. Be cautious. We know that even the elect are going to be possibly deceived. And friend, I don't know about you, but I don't consider myself elect, so I am surely a candidate to be deceived in the, in the final hours that we are in in this time as we hit the culmination of the ages whenever, whenever Father desires that to be. So some wisdom from Matthew chapter 24. Um, be alert. Be aware of everything you're doing, of what you're giving yourself to, what you're thinking towards. It is a time to be alert and to be aware, and to devour this word of Elohim so that we might have any chance of being ones who can assess with discernment and Holy Spirit just illuminating truth so that we know what is and what is not. And when we determine that for ourselves and for our household, we go out and we help other brothers and sisters to say, no, don't. That is not the word of Elohim. That does not align, up, does not align itself with this. Or, yes and amen, this is the word of Elohim. Yes and amen, let it be so. So friends, let's be people of discernment. Let's be mature. You know, let's go to these deeper matters and not just keep putting 
little spiritual band-aids on issues in our homes, in our own personal lives, and in our assemblies. It's time to go deep. It's time to go deep into the things of our Father. And so praise Him that He has given us His Word. Um, What else is there to do other than just mundane life things? But uh, thank you so much for watching. This is the Path Design Podcast. You can always reach out to us at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to come where you are. We would love to have you come to where we are. Um, Talk on the phone, which is not my favorite thing. Um, But I can do it. I'm capable of it. Um, And, of course, email is always possible as well if you want to let us know where you are and uh, concerns in your life for your your family and your your assembly wherever you are. So thank you for watching. We'll be back for more episodes. Um, Subscribe to this if you like this content and believe it's of anything of value. I hope it is to you. It is for me. So thank you for watching. Amen.